Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. The title of this message is The Last Trump. This is part number three. And Leviticus 23, verse 23, here's what the Bible says. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, ye shall have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, and holy convocation. And last week, we looked at, in part two, the fulfillment of each of these feasts. There's seven of them that we find in Leviticus chapter number 23. We looked at the Passover and we saw the fulfillment in 1 Corinthians 5. It's Christ, our Passover, and him and, and the sacrifice. He sacrificed himself. We looked at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and we, we saw in 1 Corinthians 5 the fulfillment of that and the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. We looked at the first fruits and we saw the fulfillment as, as the resurrection of Christ in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Then we looked at Pentecost or the Feast of Weeks, Pentecost meaning 50. And we saw the fulfillment in Acts 2 with the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. We looked at the Day of Atonement. And we, we, we referenced that in Hebrews 9 and in Hebrews 10. We looked at uh, the Feast of Tabernacles and we referenced that fulfillment to happen yet still not yet happened in Revelation 20 with the church's participation in the millennial kingdom. And then we looked at lastly, the feast of trumpets. And we said all of a sudden, well, we can't find any fulfillment. We found fulfillment in the new Testament uh, in in six. And now we can't, we're going to just bypass the seventh. No, we can find fulfillment in first Corinthians and in first Thessalonians in this Feast of Trumpets. And we did that because in part one, what did we do? We showed that this idea that the church and Israel are somehow the same, or this idea that the church is somehow going to go through some or part of the tribulation, because some will refer to Revelation 11 with this last trumpet judgment. And we saw in part number one, we gave about 10 or 12 reasons why you can't uh, take 1 Thessalonians and 1 Corinthians and cross-reference them to judgments that have to do with Israel. So we did that in part one. We did. We went to Leviticus 23 in part two. And now we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 27 and try to move forward. Just a quick review, but now let's move forward. And Isaiah chapter number 27, look at this in verse number 12. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall beat off from the channel of the river under the stream of Egypt. And ye shall be gathered one by one, O ye children of Israel. And it shall come to pass in that day. That the great, here it is, trumpet shall be blown, and they shall come which were ready to perish in the land of Assyria, 
The outcast land of Egypt shall worship the Lord in the holy mount at Jerusalem. Now, in Isaiah chapter 27, we have a prophetic look at the future of, O ye children of Israel. It's a future look at Israel, not for the church. And it's a blessing that this will happen. But it just hasn't happened yet. This is going to be Israel's gathering to her land. There's going to be a gathering of Israel to their land. When will this gathering happen? After the tribulation. Now, 1 Corinthians 15, there's a gathering that happens, and it's in the air. We've read these verses in a moment, verse 52, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Israel, there's going to be a gathering to land. The church, there's going to be a gathering in the air. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel. With the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So, which is it? When we looked at Leviticus 23, is it a fulfillment for the church or is it a fulfillment for Israel? And I would say to you that what if it's both? What if we have a double fulfillment? What if we have a fulfillment in Israel and what if we have a fulfillment in the church? Let's go over to Numbers 10. I know about that. Okay. Go to Numbers chapter number 10. Numbers 10. Double fulfillment, really? Not sure. Numbers chapter 10. In Numbers chapter 10, let's start reading at verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Make thee two trumpets of silver. Of a whole piece shalt thou make them, that thou mayest use them for the calling of the assembly and for the journeying of the camps. And when they shall blow with them, all the assembly shall assemble themselves to thee at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Verse 4. And if they, and if they blow but one, blow but with one trumpet, then the princes which are heads of the thousands of Israel shall gather themselves unto thee. When you blow an alarm, then the camps that lie on the east parts shall go forward. When you blow an alarm the second time, then the camps that lie on the south side shall take their journey. They shall blow an alarm for their journey. But when the congregation is to be gathered together, you shall blow, but you shall not sound an alarm. And the sons of Aaron, the priests, shall blow with the trumpets. They shall be to you for an ordinance forever. Throughout your generations. And if you go to war in your land against the enemy that oppresseth you, then you shall blow an alarm with the trumpet, and you shall be remembered of the Lord your God, and ye shall be saved from your enemies. Also, in the day of your gladness, and in your solemn days, and the beginnings of your months, ye shall blow with the trumpets over your burnt offerings, and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings that they may be to you for a memorial before your God. I am the Lord, your God. What did we see in verse number two? 
Make thee two trumpets of silver. Moses made two trumpets. That's what God told him to do. Now, I hope you kept your finger in, in Isaiah 27. So grab that and then grab 1 Corinthians 15. Isaiah chapter number 27. The Bible says in verse 12, we already read it. Let's read it again. It shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall beat off from the channel of the river under the stream of Egypt, and ye shall be gathered one by one, O you children of Israel. And it shall come to pass in that day that the great trumpet shall be blown, and they shall come, which are ready to perish in the land of Assyria, and the outcast in the land of Jesus, worship the Lord, holy mount at Jerusalem. One trumpet fulfillment for Israel. Leviticus 23, I'm sorry, Numbers uh, 10. Verse 2 with Leviticus or with Isaiah 27. Look at 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, 52. In a moment, twinkling of an eye, the last trump, trump shall sound. The dead shall be raised incorruptible. We shall all be changed. Got a fulfillment for the church. What if we've got a double fulfillment in one verse? What if one is Israel? What if one is the church? What I'm trying to draw out tonight is Israel and the church are two distinct operations. We're not Israel. We're the church. The church isn't Israel and Israel isn't the church. Two separate and distinct entities. Um, why were the trumpets that were made? Why were the trumpets in Numbers chapter 10? Why were they made? Good, good. And let me, let me back up with one thought first. If you're saved, praise God. That is the most important thing that can happen in a Christian's life. If you have been saved, that's the greatest day. The day you were saved. Um. Now we know why we're we know why we needed to be saved, right? Mm -hmm. And when you witness to somebody, you want to try to get them to understand why they need a savior, right? But after we are saved, you know what the second greatest day is? When we realize why the Lord saved us in relation to how to live the Christian life. Why? Wait a minute. Why am I here on this earth? What's my purpose? What am I doing? And then you get a heart for souls. You get a heart, an evangelistic heart. And that's a great day when that light bulb clicks on. And you're like, you know what? This thing's bigger than me. You know, praise God, I'm redeemed by the lamb. And, and you're thinking the same thing. You know, praise the Lord, I'm saved. You know, man, you get a hold of why you're here and your purpose. Life changes. So as we read Numbers chapter 10, let's go back there. Look at verse 2 and 3. Why? Verse 2 and 3. 
Make thee two trumpets of silver, of a whole piece shalt thou make them, that thou mayest use them for the calling of the assembly. There was a calling. It was used for a calling. And when they blow with them and all the assembly shall assemble themselves to thee at the door of the tabernacle, the congregation. Why were they blown? For assembling. Verse number seven, I think it gives us another one. But when the congregation is to be gathered together. So in Numbers chapter 10, they made these trumpets. And the reason why they were to be blown was so that people would gather, so that people would assemble. When these Numbers 10.10 10, and get Leviticus 23. I want you to look at this at the same time. Numbers 10.10 10 and Leviticus 23. Look at this at the same time. Keep your finger in both. When you look at Numbers chapter 10, verse 10, and you look at Leviticus chapter 23, ask yourself, were these trumpets blown at the Feast of Trumpets that we saw and already looked at last week in Leviticus 23? Watch. Numbers 10.10. 10, watch what it says. When were they blown? Let's answer that question. Also in the day of your gladness and in your solemn days, and here it is, and in the beginnings of your months, when were they blown? In the beginnings of your months, ye shall blow with the trumpets. Leviticus chapter number 23, verse number 24. When was it blown? Seventh month in the first day which would be the beginning of the month. So we're cross-referencing Numbers 10 with Leviticus chapter number 23. Now, I'm going through this as part three, and I know you might have to back up and listen to the first two messages for this one to really make sense. But there is the doctrine, and there is this philosophy that the rapture, and the second coming are the same event, and they're just not. One is a meeting in the air. The other is a gathering or a meeting on the earth. Here's what we could say. We could draw back the lens, and we could say this. Christ's Coming happens, and we can look at all of those events and say, hey, that is about Christ's coming. We can all agree with that, right? We draw the lens back and say, Christ is coming again, right? Amen. Everybody says amen to that. We know that. And we can rightfully and scripturally say, hey, Christ is coming. And we can even say this, Christ's coming happens in two phases. It's almost like when we looked at this message, these messages on the first resurrection. Well, how can they all be the first resurrection? Well, because it's all part of the same harvest, and that harvest happens in three parts. Remember, we went through that farming examples, and you've got the first fruits, the main harvest, and the gleanings. How many harvests did you have during that season? One. How many phases did it happen in? Three. 
when Christ comes back, it's his coming. It's you could say it's his coming, one coming, but it happens in two different phases. One phase, he deals with the church and there is a gathering. There's a trump. There is a meeting, an assembling of people where in the air. There is also another gathering, and this is when Christ is dealing with now national stuff, Israel stuff, and that assembling and that gathering happens on the earth. And we could break this down in two parts. Christ comes for his saints in the air, and then Christ comes with his saints to the earth. Uh, let's do 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13. At the very end of the chapter, well, I want you to get this. Look at this. The Bible says, to the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God. Wait, let, wait, let me read it this way. Let, 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 me, let me read it a different way. To the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. What did I leave out before God, even our father? And I left that out because I want to draw your attention to before God, even our father. And then at the end of it, the last four words says with all his saints. Where's God, the father? Where's this coming? In heaven. <laughs> it's saints meeting Christ in the air and then going up. You're not going to have God the father down here. Where are we coming? Where are we going? First Thessalonians chapter three, verse 13. If the Bible just said he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. You could interpret that as, oh, well, he must be coming to earth, except God, the father ain't on earth. This is referring to before God, even our father the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. With all his saints. We're going to meet Jesus Christ in the air. Saints are going to go up. Be with the father in heaven. In that particular verse. Colossians chapter 3. What's that say? When Christ. Who is our life. Shall appear. Then. Ye shall also appear with him. In glory. In glory is a place. Well, I don't know about that. That's why I told you to get 1 Timothy 3. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 3, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Where did he go? Glory. Where is that? God's dwelling place, that third heaven. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then ye shall also appear with him in glory. So 1 Thessalonians 3, when it says, Before God, even our Father, come our Lord Jesus Christ with all the saints. Where are with all his saints going? Not to earth. In glory. They're going to glory. 1 Thessalonians 3, Colossians 3, and 1 Timothy 3. Okay. Matthew 24. Matthew chapter 24. 
First Thessalonians four. I just think that the that that, that that it's all the same event. I just think it's the same event. Okay, let's let's see if we can answer this. Matthew twenty four verse thirty one. The Bible says, and he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. See, isn't this rapture? No. How do you know? By reading the first six words. And he shall send his angels. What do you mean by that? What do angels have to do with anything? First Thessalonians 4. Look at First Thessalonians 4. And we'll read the first six words of that. Verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend. If they're the same event, then explain to me why in Matthew 24, angels are sent. And then explain to me why in 1 Thessalonians 4, the Lord himself is sent. I just think they're the same event. Then explain to me why angels are sent in one and the Lord himself comes in another. They're not the same event. You could rightfully say that this encompasses Christ's coming. But it does happen in two different phases that happen at different Time. One concerns the church, 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians 15. It has the gathering of the church in view. Matthew 24 has the gathering of Israel to her land in view. Matthew 24, guess what else it said? And they shall gather together his elect. Yeah, but doesn't Colossians 3 say we're the elect of God? It does, but elect can mean many things in the Bible. So let's see what it means. Isaiah 42, he says, Israel, mine elect. If you're in Christ, are you elect? Yes. Guess what else is called elect? Israel. Guess who else is elect? Jesus Christ. So this idea of being the elect, we have to define it scripture with scripture. So. Which is it? Is Matthew 24 referring to the church as the elect here? Or is Matthew 24 referring to the nation of Israel as elect? Because both are elect, right? So let's see if we can get some help. And let's do that by going back to the Old Testament. Because after it says, and they shall gather together his elect, it says, from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. So let's get Ezekiel. Go Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations. And then you'll get to the book of Ezekiel. And we're going to go to chapter number five. Ezekiel chapter number five. Look at verse four. Then take of them again and cast them in the midst of the fire and burn them in the fire. For therefore shall a fire come forth 
into all the church house. No, of course not. Into all the house of Israel. Who's in view here? Israel. Look at verse number 10. Therefore, the father shall. Well, this is we're not going to preach on this. We'll just read it. Shall eat the sons in the midst of thee, and the sons shall eat the fathers, and I will execute judgment in thee, and the whole remnant of thee will I scatter into all the winds. Matthew 24. Gather together his elect from the four winds. Cross-reference that with Ezekiel 5, who's in view, the house of Israel. Cross-reference that with verse number 10. Still not convinced. All right, go to Ezekiel 17. Ezekiel 17. Let's see if we can't get some insight into who Matthew 24, 31 is referring to. Ezekiel 17, verse number 2. Son of man, put forth a riddle and speak a parable unto the house of Israel. Who's in view again? Verse 2 tells us Israel. Go all the way down to verse number 21. And all his fugitives. All his bands shall fall by the sword, and they that remain shall be scattered toward all winds. Israel scattered, and when Christ comes, there is going to be a gathering of that nation to their land. Ezekiel 5:10, Ezekiel 17, 21. Let's go back two books. We'll go back, we'll go through the the Lamentations, and then we'll get to Jeremiah. We'll go to verse uh, chapter 49. Look what it says here concerning uh, Jeremiah 49, verse number one. The Bible says concerning the Ammonites. Who were the Ammonites? They were the enemies of Israel. Uh, verse number seven concerning Edom. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. Who were they? They were one of the greatest enemies of Israel. Watch. Verse 32. I think it's verse 32, if I got it right. Uh, I think so, yes. Jeremiah 49, verse 32. And their camels shall be a booty. Multitude of their cattle spoil. I will scatter into, here it is, all winds, them that are in the utmost corners. And I will bring their calamity from all sides thereof, saith the Lord. Matthew 24, 31, when it says, And they shall gather together his elect from four winds from one end of heaven to the other. It's not referring to the New Testament church. This is an Israel thing. 49, let's get verse 36. And upon Elam will I bring the four winds from the four quarters of heaven, and I will scatter them toward all those winds, and there shall be no nation whither the outcast of Elam shall not come. He says, I will bring the four winds. You know what it says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 31? They shall gather together his elect from the four winds. Thursdays, we just started Thursday nights, verse by verse, through Matthew chapter 24. We covered the first few verses 
two Thursdays ago. This last Thursday was our conference, but we're going to pick back up on that. I think it's verse four we're on this Thursday. Israel and the church are two different entities. Just like when we say the first resurrection, and we see that it's likened unto a harvest, we see that it's one harvest, three parts. It's the same idea. When we look at the coming of Christ, I submit to you it's two parts. It's one, a gathering in the air, an assembling of people in the air. The last trump, the dead in Christ, we which are alive or remain. We gather or assemble in the air. And we go be with the Lord. Matthew 24, there is going to be a gathering and there's going to be an assembling and there's going to be a great sound of a trumpet. And it's a national thing. We saw in Ezekiel, we saw in Jeremiah. Are both going to happen? Yes. Are they both going to happen prophetically at the same time? No, they are not. One's for Israel, one's for the church. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.